Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the international best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. And just a reminder, our home base is wedontdie.com, where you can always find classes, past podcast episodes. Of course, we offer our free Sunday gathering with medium demonstration. That's all at wedontdie.com. Our guest today is David Gagan, who was a highly successful engineer, senior executive, and businessman. He designed aircraft for Boeing, directed U.S. Army and NASA research operations, and founded Cobham Defense Electronic Systems Corporation, the world's leading defense microwave subsystems company. However, His real passion was seeking answers to questions like, who am I? Where am I? Why am I here? What is my life for? Ten years ago, he published his book, The Endless Journey, a unique perspective on mankind's origin, purpose, and ultimate destiny. And he has a brand new book, and I'm so excited to share it with you. It's called Our Our Eternal Existence, a Metaphysical perspective of reality. You can find out more about him at davidgagan.com. David, my new friend, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Thank you. I'm happy to be here, Sandra. I am thrilled. Love meeting new people. And then we get a friendship for eternity out of this. this is how it exactly. Works. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about you because your book, not the concept, but it, it's new to me. And I'm just excited because some of the questions and things that you delve into, you know, life's greatest mysteries, um, I I just think we're going to have a fascinating conversation. So if you would tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and how you got into this field, really. Well, well, you know, I I, I started out as an engineer and because I I had to make a living, right? So so I thought engineering was good. So uh, I played around in school for a while, and all of a sudden, I popped out with enough credits to be an engineer. So, as as you mentioned, I I went to Boeing and and uh, was at Boeing for a while, and then I went into the government senior executive service, and then uh, created uh, a, a, a a microwave company. But my real passion was always to try to find out what was going on. I, I that was my big that was my big push. So, in all my spare times. I would, uh, I would, I would uh, be reading all these uh, oddball things, and uh, you know, I wouldn't be reading the fiction that everybody else was reading. I'd never know what the the big uh, book of the of, of the of the week or the month was, but I had a good time uh, looking at uh, you know at life. And I, you know, I, I started out with religion, and I and I read all the books on religion and that I could find on all of the different religions. And in all honesty, some of the ancient religions were were quite excellent. If you go back to the uh, early uh, uh, early Hindu, which are uh, you know books like the Bhagavad Gita and, and the Puranas and such like that, a lot of good good, good things in that. And uh, even the Bible has has uh, interesting things. But uh, the trouble with religion, I found, is too many people had been uh, uh, putting their oar in the water and uh confusing the uh the facts so uh, so i moved on i looked at uh at uh, history and uh, philosophy mostly uh, both eastern and western and uh very very interesting uh but i i tr- had trouble finding the answers there 
I went into uh, uh, science, of course, and that was kind of my bailiwick, you know, quantum and quantum physics and such like that. And that was easy to, to, to look at and, and, on, and interesting. And I found that, uh, you know, a lot of the answers as I went on uh, started to come out of things like psychology. And, and I, uh, I started looking at uh, ESP type of things. And, you know, and I was, and I was brought up in a world of science and religion. I was uh, an Episcopalian when I was a, a, a young person. And, and so I was brought up to not believe in reincarnation. And uh, I, uh, I started reading some of these, uh, some of these books and uh, Brian Weiss, uh, Many Lives, Many Masters. And I started thinking, you know, there's, there's something to this. I don't know what it is, but there's something to this. And it took me, I think, a decade from the time I first started thinking this is there's something here to this is the only way it can work. This has to be right. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that uh, kind of uh, brought himself up by the bootstraps as far as metaphysics is concerned. And then when I retired, I, uh, uh, it took me six months to get the business world out of my head so I could take pen to paper, if you will, and, and start putting some of my thoughts on the, uh, on the page. It's not a long time, six months. <laughs> to <laughs> put that aside. Yeah. I'm sure right. it all still sneaks in in the dream world. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I know mine does. Okay, where should we begin? First, I know your wife has recently passed, and you had expressed that um, just if you have any signs or you said your daughter does some yeah my 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 wife it was extremely sudden i was uh, at the time i was retired it's about six years ago and i was doing a uh a, a weekly radio show live at the time uh a common sense spirituality show and uh and and so i would do that friday morning and and you know and she would help me a lot in in the various things that uh that we did and then uh, all of a sudden, uh, I heard a thump in the middle of the night, about 1.30, and her heart just gave out, just flat out gave out. She was healthy, you know, the, the, the evening before, the day before, it just, it just stopped. So that was a, uh, uh, that was a jolt. And, um, and then uh, we, we decided that we'd try to get in touch with her. And I tried to get in touch with her through... Uh, Shepherd Hoodwin uh, and and Michael, and he was able to do a little bit, but it was a little early. And I, I find that you have to wait about four months after somebody dies, because they're pretty busy when they, uh, you know, when they transfer over, and it's pretty hard to uh, uh, to get their attention and to, you know have them really uh, adjust to the uh, you know to the uh, the astral plane. So, so we, uh, my, my daughter, um, uh, just about four months uh, after that, got in touch with a, uh, a medium and, uh, and it was interesting. The medium, uh, gave, gave my daughter, my two daughters, a lot of information and they came back afterwards. I wasn't in it. I didn't go to the medium until uh, a week later. I wasn't available, but, uh, they said, uh, it's all about you, dad. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. So they started, they started telling me things that Judy had told them. My wife, Judy had told them. And 
you know, every if you have a close relationship with somebody, especially you know, Judy and I were together 50 years, and and uh, there are things that you two know together that are really nobody else's business, and other people don't really care about it anyway. But there are certain things, and so uh, Julie started to tell me about these things that she had said, and my daughter didn't have any clue what she was re- relaying. But I did. And it was clearly, it's a message. It was a message to me. And, uh, and of course, she had other messages for the kids, too. And uh, uh, what I found was that it's very easy. You know, I kind of believe this stuff anyway. But it's, a lot of people don't appreciate how easy it is to contact people on the other side. And, and the key is to make sure that you don't tell the medium anything special. What you need to do is you need to convince yourself that who you are talking to. So you tell them your name, you tell them the name of the person that you're looking for, and uh, tell them the relationship, but that's about it. Don't go any further than that. And and then when the medium, the, the person, will come. They want to talk to us, especially if they recently have, have passed away. They want to talk to us. They want to tell us things. They want to tell us how they are. And they want to convince us that indeed it is them. So they will say things and tell you things that the medium could never know. And if that's the case, then you can convince yourself that, yeah, this is what's going on. They'll do most of the talking. They'll talk through the medium, and the medium, of course, will talk to you. But they'll answer questions, too. If you have questions, they'll, uh, they'll answer those questions very specifically. But the real key is, is convincing yourself of who, who you're talking to. Uh, this medium uh, was very good. Uh, she um, uh, Afterwards, after I saw her, uh, she offered a, uh, uh, um, an automatic writing course to teach people how to do it. So both my daughters went to that course. I did not. And they went to the course and, and it was, it was a couple of months, I'd say after, um, after the, you know, we had, uh, had our first, uh, discussion with, uh, Judy. And, uh, there was, I think five women in the course and only one was able to do automatic writing. That was my youngest daughter. My oldest couldn't, but my youngest could. And uh, it was interesting at the end of the session, of course, this woman had known uh, my wife, Judy, because of the previous uh, sentences and errors of previous sessions. And uh, she said, uh, after, after the session was over, she said, you know, your mother was standing right between the two of you the whole time. And, and I thought that was very interesting. And then, and then she told that to the kids. And then they went and they got in the car and they're driving home. And the oldest one's driving and the youngest one says, okay, I'm going to read what I wrote. And one of the things I wrote is I'm standing right next to you. So it was, it was amazing. And my daughter has been able to do automatic writing uh, with, only with her mother, only with her mother. She's never, never done it with anybody else. I'm not sure she's ever tried to do it with anybody else either. But she would, what she would do is she gets in her favorite chair and she relaxes and she meditates and she gets things around her that are uh, uh, Judy's 
things, you know, maybe a, an old blanket or something or something that, you know, that would tie, you know, tie uh, her to Judy. And anyway, it's amazing what she's able to uh, able to write. And uh, so we've had a lot of conversations with her um, over the uh, uh, over the years. And when I was uh, working on my house up in uh, Massachusetts, I had a heck of a, I had a leak in the roof and I couldn't find it to save my life. So I said, Chris, would you please ask your mother where this leak is? Because I can't find it. So Chris goes, okay. Now, Chris had never been on my roof or, you know, and, and she never would be. So uh, she comes back and says, dad, it's, uh, it's, it's above the... Uh, uh, it's between the fireplace and the wet bar, and, and it's right up, uh, right up on top there. So I said, okay. So I went back up on the roof, and there was this hairline crack that I'd never noticed before, and and it was, you know, it's amazing. So they they know a huge amount. They are very interested in talking to you, and they have a lot to do. But you know, it's uh, it's very interesting to uh, to you know to do this. And I'll tell you, it it. It's nice to know that they're not gone. I mean, that's a big deal. It's a big deal. And uh, my kids really, uh, really appreciated it. And they go back relatively often uh, to, uh, to either the medium, who, who they really like, or, uh, or, or Chris, you know, in her, uh, you know, in her automatic writing can do that as well. Can you talk a little bit about the automatic writing? Just, I'm sure there's people that would. I know we've talked about it on the show before, having a journal out, like you said, bring in some of her things and then just get into that meditative space and mm -hmm. have a conversation, really? Is that what she does? No, actually, what she does, uh, she can have a conversation, but what she'll do is she just turns over her hand and her arm with a pencil and a paper there, and she just starts to write. And it comes right from Judy right into her hand and Judy just takes over the writing. So, and she can ask her questions and she'll reply on the writing. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, you automatically uh, do the writing. You, you're not conscious of what you're writing. Right. And, yeah. And then, and then afterwards you, you go read it, but you get an answer. And uh, generally uh, I, I, I've never been with Chris when she's done this. Um, she she likes to do it when she's all alone and and totally focused on uh, on Judy. So it's uh, you know it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting process. And uh, I, Chris is Chris is psychic. This is my youngest daughter. She is she knew my wife was going to die. She knew that there was be a problem. And uh, she didn't tell anybody. But at the end of every year, she uh, she goes to her, the powers that be, her spirit guides, and says, you know, is my family going to be all right? And this one year, it said, no. She says, is it my father? No. My mother? Yes. So she knew that there was something that was going to, that was going to happen and occur. She didn't know when. She didn't know exactly what it was going to be, but she knew that there was going to be a problem. And she, I don't think she was 100% sure she was going to die, but she knew she was going to have a problem. And, uh, and we've had other issues in the family, too, where Chris knew that there was going to be a serious problem 
but it would work out and it happened with our with our uh, uh granddaughter my oldest granddaughter and she had she had a serious problem we won't go into all those details but but uh in any case uh chris is is you know is psychic more than more than anybody else in in the family but the key again the key with going to find you know to a medium is if if this medium does not tell you things that are true that you know to be true that the medium wouldn't know find another medium they're just there's there's a lot of good mediums out there and there are some that aren't and 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 if you know don't don't give up just because you know you're unlucky and you get uh, you get one that that maybe doesn't have the skills that uh, you know that they pretend to have just keep keep looking until you find somebody you you will you will know you you can't i don't believe know if you're talking to george washington or not because george washington you you have no, you have no bond with george washington you have no information they can tell you anything how would you know but you certainly can know with a, a with a spouse or a parent or a child or a good friend. Uh, it's very it's very very easy to uh, to know. Yeah, I'm in total agreement. We're in the process of filming our second film with We Don't Die Films, and it's going to be a documentary on mediums and proper mediumship. So stay tuned. It'll be coming out next year, but. There are some really good people out there, and there's also some teachers you can learn it at a weekend and charge big bucks. And so, not everybody's created equal, but it's a really good way of knowing your loved ones are around and not only getting the verbal information that maybe only the two of you shared is, I think, a good medium reading. You actually feel the presence of your loved one, their shared memories, there's emotion that feels good. Well, David, on behalf of all of us, our condolences certainly for Thank um, you. It, it, no matter what we believe, to me, there's nothing worse and tougher than grief and not having them physically with us. Well, it is, you know, and, and they do fine. It's it's us who are left behind that are, uh, you know, that are, that are struggling. But, uh, you know, when, when they die, you know, the dying process is interesting. I don't know how much you've gone over that with your uh uh, share, with, share. Okay. They like come to every episode. So, uh, okay. Um, uh, you know, out of body experience or out of body experiences are interesting. Near death experiences are as well. And they both give you a peek at what goes on in the afterworld. And, and what I find is interesting is whatever you think is going to happen to you in the afterworld, for example, uh, you might think that you're going to, you're going to, there's nothing there and there's not, you know, you, there is no afterlife. Well, you will be in a coma for a short period of time. You get what you expect and you get what you expect in life. You get what you expect in death. If you think that there's a, uh, uh, you know, you're very religious and, you know, the, uh, you know, God and the devil are battling for your soul then when you die, you'll be in the middle of a battle. But slowly but surely, they'll let you know that the devil was really your Uncle Bob. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not really working that way. So what, what happens is you do go through this, uh, this initial period to, to adjust you, to help you, because what you're really doing is you're changing your focus. You're focused right now on your 
ego, the part of you that interfaces with the, uh, you know, the physical world, is focused on the physical world. And then what happens when you die, your body stops, and now you change your focus to the, to the astral plane. And, and that's basically all that happened. You don't necessarily go anywhere because the astral plane is co-located with the physical plane. So uh, you, 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 there, are, there is this tunnel that a lot of people uh, uh, think so, uh, that, you know, report back. Uh, and that's mostly the near-death experiencers. And, and so anyway, you go up there, you meet your friends and such. And then you have, then you have a, uh, a, a life uh, review. And a life review, and, and this is very common in the near-death experiences, because a life review lets you experience how you're making other people feel. And that's a real revelation for a lot of people. And that's why I'm convinced that, that, they, uh, that, that the near-deathers uh, have that so much. They, always, they, they often seem to get through that particular experience, because it can be a real eye-opener. You know, you can be, you know, you can be a very nice person and things going well, but a lot of times in the near-death experiencers, that's not really the case. And and they have a change of life, a change of uh, of view of who they are and how they act. And they come back and very often they they change big times. Of course, we always find, you know, people always come back, but near-death experience, they come back, right? A lot of people don't come back, and those are the ones that actually pass over. And then you can do anything you want when you when you're up there. And you know, if you've had a tough life, you might want to relax, and you might want to relax for a hundred years. Yeah, or you might want to relax for you know, ten years. Whatever, whatever you want, you can do it. And and it's an illusion. It is just like just like the physical plane. Plane, uh, the astral plane is also an illusion. And uh, all of the uh, planes of creation are, are illusions. Um, and until you get back to the Tao itself, these are, different, these are different realities that have been set up for us to have very specific experiences. So, uh, so, so anyway, you're up there and or over there or, or around here, and you're having these, uh, uh, these experiences. And then what you, what you do is you go through a life analysis. Now that's a lot different than a life review. A life analysis is when you go in and you realize that everything that happened to you, you caused. You created all these things. So what you do is you're, you have an opportunity to look at what the decisions that you made. And they say, we all know what happened there. Now, what if, what if you had done this instead? And then they show you what would have happened and how the world would have been different and how your life would have been different. So you go through your entire life and you can see how you caused the good things in your life and you caused the trouble in your life. And that's a real eye opener. And, but everybody goes through that. And, and it's, and it's a learning process and, and you know, and, and there's no, uh, you know, uh, you know, attaboys or, or, you know, all, all crap. There's, you know, it's just when you die, you came down here with a plan and you did whatever you did. And, and maybe you hope to be further evolved or whatever afterwards. Nobody cares. It's your life. 
you control your evolution. And so wherever you are, that's where the spirits uh, pick you up. They say, okay, we're going from there. And that's it. So, you know, it, we just do the best we can. And of course, we have to deal with, you know, things if we've, if we've caused problems. Nobody dies and has their life all straightened out, and solved all their problems. They just, uh, you know, that they, we, we still have these, these, these issues that need to be worked out. And in, and in future lives, uh, you know, the, the inner self or the soul, or lower essence, whatever you want to call it, that's inside us, that creates us, that creates the personality. They have all these issues that they have to, uh, they have to deal with. And, and so uh, what we do is we go and we, our personality always remains a personality. We never disappear. We're always, I'm always Dave Gagan. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I'll change, I'll evolve over time, and I'll be subservient. And that's a, and that's probably a poor term, because you know, I, I my, my uh, ego is the dominant ego in this personality. When you die, you have a survival personality, and that survival personality, you are not running a show anymore. You are part of your soul. You're part of your internal self. So, but you still exist. You're part of it. You still work on problems. You still grow. And in some day, you will grow to a point where you will say, I think I'm ready to be the soul and I can create personalities. And then all of a sudden, you will try to do that. But that will be your choice when you decide that you're capable of doing that. So then once you do that, uh, uh, sooner or later, unless it's, unless you've had your last, uh, last life in this particular cycle, you, uh, you say, okay, you're, and it's primarily your soul says, okay, let's, uh, you know, let's, let's get back to business and let's go back down there. So let's put a pre-life, uh, plan together. And so, so the soul says, okay, this is what, we want to experience in this next life. And it has a whole bunch of opportunities, a whole bunch of things uh, you know, to, to work on. And a lot of them will have come from the past lives. So th these experiences are, are, uh, are laid out and it's a very complicated plan. But uh, what you do is you go and then you have to say, okay, who am I going to have these experiences with? So you you pick your parents, and uh, and and one of the problem there is maybe the people that you pick choose not to have a life, uh, a lot to have a kid when you know when when they incarnate. So you have to pick more than one. So maybe you pick a half a dozen people, and you say, okay, well you know this is what uh, you know this is what we're going to uh, what we'll do. And, uh, and then they pick you. So it's a, it's a two-way street. And then uh, very often you'll pick your siblings, you'll pick your friends. A lot of times you'll pick your adversaries. And, you know, that your adversary in this life might be your best friend in the afterlife. And you might say, hey, I need you to come down and be a complete jerk and give me a really hard time in this next life. And, and they'll say, 
Well, I don't want to, but if you're really looking for somebody to be a jerk, I'll come down and be a jerk for you. And and so, in a, and the lesson there is forgive and forget. You know, don't you know, don't 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 let your uh, you know, don't don't let your feelings uh, you know overcome you. Um, we and we have we have a num- number of experiences that we want to have in in the next life. And uh, and some of those experiences might be karmic, and a karmic experience experience uh, would be something where if in a previous life, and it might not have been the 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 last life, it might have been ten lives ago. If 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 one of the uh, your souls uh, personalities had uh, had had significantly interfered with somebody's free will. And and they weren't able to do something significant that they wanted to do, then you have created a karmic ribbon between the two of you, and sooner or later that has to be dealt with. And and you know the most the most extreme would be, uh, you know, if you killed somebody, and then you'd have to you'd have to deal with that. But there's other things that are much less extreme that you will deal with in in this life or the next life or some life but these these issues need to be need to be dealt with uh but then there's other other things that are they call them monads and uh monad is something as as a is an important experience and usually it's a it's a a, a double experience now, it might be a parent and child and one one life you'll be the parent, and the other life you'll be a child. Now you can be you say the same in in each life, and to an extent you can, but but sometimes as a parent, um, you might be a parent for a kid all their life, and so you'll be the parent, but the kid will have certain issues and such, and you'll have to deal with that child the whole time. And children are the same way. Sometimes you come in and you aren't the best the child. Child, you know, you 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 do some things that maybe you shouldn't have. So so you know there, it's it's a two way street where where you know parent child can be the type is can is a you know is a challenging relationship. Uh, uh, teacher student, um, leader follower. Uh, you, you know, there's tons of them, but these are experiences that your soul says, okay, I want to delve into. I want to understand these. Uh, a lot, a lot better than than I understand them now. And then, and then, uh, when you finally uh, pick somebody, and you know, and your parent says, "All right, we'll uh, we'll have a uh, you know, we'll you know, we'll have a kid," and you you join there, then you get biases, and your and your uh, uh, your uh, inner self will set you up with personality traits, traits, if you will. There'll be attitudes. You'll have these will be biases so that you will see the experience in a certain way. And, and uh, so there's, you know, we sit around, you know, especially today, we see people who are, you know, uh, heavy duty liberals or heavy duty conservatives. And they all think that, you know, my way is the right way. And it's the only, only thing could be. And what they need to realize is next time they come down, they'll probably be the opposite because what they, what they've done is, you know, the soul wants to s- experience things in a certain way and sees it one way. Well, he doesn't want to see it that way again. He's seen that, you know, give it a try to see something else. 
So anyway, it's a, a, a the death experience is uh, 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 there's a lot of free uh, freedom in it. There's a lot of things that you can do. It's an enjoyable experience. I think it's a lot easier uh, being in the astral plane than it is here. I mean, this is this is a tough place to live. I think this is the hardest place to live. Absolutely, I, I think it is. I think yeah. it is. When people say, "Is there a hell?" I think, "Oh, it's right here." You, <laughs> know? <laughs> you know, I've said that too. You know, I've said, "Yeah, you, you want you want a tough time? Yeah, just look out the window." You know, it's interesting what you say. Um, you know, I think I often say life is an education for the soul, and when I think of my own life, the more things I learn come out of tough times. So everything that happens and all the players involved. It's those tough times that really, ha when I look back at some of the greatest growth spurts I've had, came out of some from really rocky and really, really tough situations. And two, everything that you talk about lends to personal responsibility. And we can go through life a, a victim. And, you know, and there are true victims of horrendous things that are happening. So I'm not downplaying that, but I'm talking about the people that complain about everything, 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 everything. And it's easier to look at life like, okay, I'm not getting along with my brother right now. He said this and then say, Hey, but what if he's a player in this game because I'm supposed to learn something here? You know, that puts us back in the driver's seat of our life and empowers us. And in that there's, time for forgiveness. And okay, I you know maybe don't see things through his lens, what he's experiencing, but okay. So I like what you say, because it, it empowers us, it puts us in the driver's seat. And, you know, when you said you started asking those questions, who am I? Why am I here? What's my life for? All that kind of stuff. To me, that those are those questions that can empower us that our life matters, who we're living, who we are right now makes a difference. I think you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, uh, you know, I look at, I look at the world, uh, we look, we, you know, we look around us and it's like, it's a snapshot in time. You don't know where you or anybody else has come from and you don't know where they're going. It, it would, it's like going to a movie and trying to do an evaluation of a movie of seeing one film, one slide, one picture of that film, and that's the way we are here. There's just too much that we don't know. We can't possibly know. So, you know, uh, people have hard times. And uh, what you can bet is they're because of the decisions they've made somewhere along the line. And that doesn't mean that we, we shouldn't be supportive of them because they're learning things that are going to help us. And and so if somebody's having a hard time, you know, it's it's what caused that for us is irrelevant. It's maybe irrelevant for them, but it's irrelevant for us. Our job is to assist them and help them and reduce their suffering as best we can, because there's, there's no way that we can, uh, that, that we can, we can judge it, nor should we judge it. It's, you know, that it's, the world is a very fair world and, and the people that are running it, which are way above my pay grade, uh, are, uh, are, are doing it to help us evolve and, and we evolve through experiences and feeling things. Suffering is a, uh, is a part of it. And people ask me what, 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 why is suffering allowed? And we suffer 
the, the purpose of suffering is to teach us not to suffer. We, we need to make better decisions. And what those are are not that easy to tell all the time, but they're leading us to it. They're leading us to the right decisions. And over time, we will start to realize that the world that, that uh, we live in is the world that we created. And, and you know, if, if you want to change uh, your life, you're not happy with it. Well, you and only you can change it. You know, we have a tendency to say, well, it's the government's job to do this for me, or it's my spouse has got to do it, or my parents have got to do this, or somebody has got to do this for me. They can't. They simply can't. Nobody has the capability to change your life except you. You're the only one. And so once you do that, and once you see that, it's a real awakening. And it's, and it's your beliefs. You know, we're, we're just a mind. That's what we are. And a mind has two products. It's a thought and emotion. That's it. And, and our beliefs are, uh, you know, are, are create whatever experiences we're going to have. And it's our expectations. You get what you expect. Now, it's what you expect way deep down inside that you get, not the, not the, you know, what the, you know, the peripheral is, but what you believe, what you really believe way deep down inside, that's what, that's what you're going to get. Because what happens is we are, we are, our, our ego is, and I, and I call it the ego because I, I kind of break up our consciousness uh, into, into three easy categories because they're, they're focuses and, and the ego focuses on, uh, on the physical world. And, 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 and it has to, it has, it controls the world because if it has to step or is, you know, step back from getting hit with a bus, uh, it has to be the one that makes the decision for better or for worse. That part of our consciousness controls where we are. Then we have the subconscious and the subconscious it runs our body. You know, we think the heart just beats. It doesn't just beat it beats because we have a subconscious in there making sure it keeps beating. When we, uh, when we go out there and play tennis, uh, our subconscious makes sure we start to sweat before our body overheats. So we have somebody taking care of us all the time. And then you've got the inner, the inner self or the inner conscious and inner conscious. That's the one that knows what the, what the game plan is. It knows what the experiences that it wants to have. So it's always trying to guide us, guide the ego in that direction but the ego can decide and do what it wants and so the the purpose of of the one of the big purposes of the inner conscious is to give the ego what it wants and it does so but it doesn't know what it wants so it looks at what the ego is focused on and what it truly believes and it says okay they're focused on that well that's the experience we'll let them have. So if, for example, you're afraid that you're going to inherit cancer from your parents and you're focused on that and, and you go and you, uh, you know, you, you read everything about, about cancer, you, you know, you get on television and they say, well, you know, if you get a cough, that's probably cancer. And, and, uh, you know, so all you're focused on this thing Well, you're drawing it to you, 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 you know, your inner self says, all right, wants to experience cancer. That's, that's what we'll let them experience. 
So you know, we we control our life, and we need to we need to live our life, and 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 not worry and not let fear uh, control us. Because if if we let fear control us, then that's the kind of life we'll have. Yeah, it's tough, and I agree wholeheartedly. You know, as human beings, there's a lot going on up here. And sometimes that is the most dangerous place to go alone. We need to be with people. We need to be, whether it's listening to podcasts, reading an empowering book, going on our own journey, exploring our passions. Because I agree with you, what we focus on grows, good or bad, right? So why not choose good? Uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about science. Um, Well, basic. (laughs) Because so many people are of the belief, well, science hasn't proved it, you know, whether it's the afterlife or consciousness uh, can leave the body and things. And we are looking at life through the lens of what we experience, but down to the quantum level, all we are is vibrating energy. We're living on this earth. I was just talking to my mom this morning, looking out over the woods. And I said, you know, mom, at one point, this was just a rock called Earth, maybe some trees and greenery and water. And out of that, everything we are experiencing, even the computers we're connecting with, all came from basic elements. These are big things, but I don't think our ego wants to believe it. Why do so many people hold true that if science doesn't prove there's an afterlife, there can't be one? You know what I'm asking? Yes, I do know what you're asking, and and I'll tell you, I was uh, I I grew up in that environment as I as I mentioned earlier, and the trouble is people don't don't look at look at it from the the broader perspective. How long has you know humans been around? You know, pick a number: ten thousand, a hundred thousand years, whatever it is. Okay, how long has science been around? Probably three hundred years, at the most. And most of the science that we have has been around about 50 years. So from, from the time that I went to school, when I went to school, I did pretty well in the sciences. And, and if indeed I answered those same questions today that were asked of me, the way I am, understand them, uh, understood them then, I would flunk today because science has changed so much. And, and, and so what you're seeing is you're seeing a very small piece of the world. And the trouble is, you know, you look at it and religion, in all honesty, has uh, fallen pretty much on its face uh, recently between all of the uh, scandals that they've had and, and such. And about 300 years ago was when, uh, was, was when science and religion separated and, and religion tried to, for a while, tried to be the, the scientific uh, leader, but it was soon proven that they didn't have a clue about, about what was going on. So they said, okay, we're going to take the spiritual world. You're going to take the physical world. So science has concentrated on the physical world and that's all it looks at. It just looks at the physical. But if there is a spiritual world behind the physical world, science isn't going to find it unless it changes its approach. The trouble with science is that has been successful with things. So people look at it and say, yeah, look at all these new products that we've got, all these toys that we're playing with. So, so science gets a good name from that perspective. 
But for science, the, the biggest problem for me with science is ethics. Science will tell you, Big Bang Theory, this is an accident. This just happened. Well, where do you get an ethical uh, uh, set of standards that would come out of an accident? You won't. And, 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 and so we, we've got a situation where we desperately need good ethics. And, and if you remember, I don't know if you spent much time with the old uh, Egyptian, or not Egyptian, Greek philosophers, their whole focus was, was ethics. What, what is the right thing to do? We've lost that. We've lost that completely. And we've gone over to science. Well, we've got to come back because people don't know how to run their life. They don't know right from wrong. We should be te teaching ethics. From the time the, uh, a child is two and three years old, it should be equally as important as reading, writing, and arithmetic right on through, right on through high school. And then you should have specific ethics uh, training for the medical community, the engineering community, the business community, the law community, because each one of those has these unique, very sophisticated issues that get get thrown at them, and you get out of school, you have had no experience with any of the, these things, and you get dropped into the in, in, into business, and then you've, you're forced to make decisions, and, you, and, and chances are you're going to get led uh, astray because you think you're doing it for one reason or another. We ne really need to build that up. Uh, but, but I, and I, and I think science is, uh, is, is the big, uh, the biggest culprit here because it's got us away from it. Religion tried to do that. And for a while they, you know, they had, you know, they, they were about the best that we could hope for, but you know, we don't, we, they, they, they kind of lost the torch and they, you know, they're trying to say, Hey, we, we have all the answers and, and they don't. And, and people know that they don't, and that's a problem for them. And so they lean on science and they don't realize that there's this whole body of knowledge uh, called metaphysics that, that looks at a much broader view. You know, you know, metaphysics, basically, meta is beyond. And, and, and physics is really the world around us. So metaphysics is, is the study of beyond physics, beyond the physical, the physical environment. It includes the physical environment. But it's, it's amazing to me where, where I see so many uh, parallels between uh, how we as consciousness evolve and, and operate and quantum mechanics and how, and how they, uh, and how they uh, uh, view the world. You know, there's only one substance. That one, that one substance is conscious energy. That's it. That is absolutely it. And that conscious energy grows it evolves. It becomes you and I. It becomes much greater than you and I. It takes the form of everything that we see, touch, and 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 think. Quite frankly, in in the spiritual world, our ideas are real, made of energy. They get turned into real energy. It's a, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. So uh, you know, we just uh, yeah, science is science. Uh, I think. You know, needs to come around, and there are scientists that are coming around. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, you know, it, you know, if you if you look at it and you say, well, where does science? Where is science? Where does it fit? You know, isn't it one of these uh, a very objective uh, type of thing? Well, it turns out it's not very objective, and and science very often sits in a university 
uh, and in the depart, you know, some department in 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 you know the science department in university, and very often it's run by the by the the, the head professor, and and how did he get there? Well, he made a statement about something, and it worked out or caught on. So he doesn't want to change that idea. So there's all this resistance to change until finally he moves on and then some some other person will get in. And this happens all over the scientific community. So it, science is not this, this uh, end-all, be-all, objective uh, 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 group of thinking that we uh, uh, that, that it often gets credit for by a lot of people. Yeah, agreed. A big question. If we're not looking for out, um, answers outside, right? It's so easy for us. To, and I get these questions a lot. You know, what's the truth? What's the truth? This person said this. This person said this. What do I believe? Can you talk to us about maybe finding the answers within? Or can we tap into some guides in the unseen world around us? Do we have? Well, we, cer we certainly can tap into uh, unseen guides. It was. Uh... It was amazing to me, for example, my mother was very religious, uh, Christian, and uh, she died a, a few years ago. And when she was and she never she never bought into the metaphysics because she was so tied into this. And then and 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 she said, well, you know, I'm I'm psychic. And I'm saying, yeah, right, mom. You know, that's great. And then and so I'm sitting on her bed about a year before she died in the, in a nursing home and and. And she said, you know, and I showed her my book and she says, I'm going to ask God if your book is right. And I said, all right, um, how you uh, how, how you going to know what he says when she said, well, if the answer is yes, I get a tingling that goes from the top of my head to my toes. And if the answer is no, nothing happens. And I'm going, you're kidding me. And no, she says. So I said, OK. I'm posing the questions, then you ask your spirit guide, but I'll tell you what the question is. So, uh, so I said, is my book right? And the answer was yes. And she he goes, my goodness, how, you know, and she was shocked. So we went on a couple more, a couple more like that. And uh, everything was, you know, was for me. And then she says, I'm going to ask a question. I said, okay. She says, uh, is, is uh, Jesus more important than David thinks? Now, I think Jesus is pretty darn important. And the answer was yes. And I'm going, really? You know, I'm, I, I got to clean up my act here. What, what, what I'm, I'm not thinking. And he says, David have to get down on his knees to take Jesus into his heart. Answer was no. And uh, so, uh, and I have found out more uh, uh, on that subject. And she was right on that subject. Uh, but it's, it's, it's interesting that, um, it, you know, we, uh, you know, we, we, we do have uh, a way of, of coming up with beliefs, you know, and, and I would, and, and uh, you know, for, for that particular time, I said, you know, we've had this resource here, mom, that I didn't know anything about. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you're 94 now and, you know, and, and I had this great resource that I didn't know anything about, but as far as our beliefs are concerned, you can find these things out, but you have to convince yourself. And nobody can tell you, nobody can make you believe. And it's, it's not my responsibility. It's not your responsibility. We can't make anybody else believe anything. We can show them where to look. We can say, hey, this is what we found, but you have to do it yourself. 
and you have to take the responsibility of doing it yourself. You, you, you have to look. I put a lot of answers in our eternal existence, a whole bunch of answers. And, and, and if somebody is on the path to search, they'll find a lot of things in, the, in that book. But that book is not there to convince them of anything. The book is there to help them if they're on a search to try to find out who they are and where they're going and why they're here. I've tried to take the metaphysical world and make it understandable from the nature of the universe and the, and the various different uh, fields of creation. And, and I talk about uh, 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 consciousness and, and the human condition and on and on and to try to help people to say, okay, I see how this could work. Now they have to go and they have to understand it. They have to understand that it's their, it's their beliefs that, that really need to change. But the information is there. The information is available, and there's a lot of good channels. I don't know if you how familiar you are with uh, Jane Roberts and uh, Seth and uh, outstanding uh, uh, body of, of work. Uh, Michael uh, Shepherd Hood, when I go to, but there is others that, uh, that that channel Michael, and these are and these are these are channels. These are entities that are in the causal plane. They're, they've moved on from the astral plane. They're in the causal plane. And and uh, and so th that's a that's a huge amount of uh, information that is available, and interesting. You know, there's there's higher planes. There's the mental. There's a total of seven planes in our universe. Uh, one is the physical one. The astral is the one we step into. Then you go to the causal and the mental, and then you get the messianic plane, and then you get the Budaic plane. And it's interesting that in the messianic plane, that's where Jesus was when he taught from it. You know, the Michael and Seth are teaching it from much lower levels. They're teaching from the uh, causal plane. And then Buddha uh, was, a, was a spirit in the, who had evolved to the uh, uh, Budaic plane, and he taught from, from that level. So it's, it's interesting to, uh, you know, to look at what they've said and the similarity. But I mean, the similarity between you know, if if you go back to the beginning, between Jesus and Buddha and Krishna and and and, and Michael and Seth, I mean, you know, the spiritual world telling us what the answers are, but you have to go find it. You, you, nobody nobody's gonna. They can point it, but they can't convince you. And 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 I always found that that I was truly the biggest skeptic that I knew, because you know, it's one thing you're in business and. You know, you can fool other people, but you can't fool yourself. You, you know, yeah. You, you know, if you're if you're going to fool yourself, you got a real problem. So you know, you got to be true to yourself. And and so yeah, it's not easy. It's not easy. It's a tough world, and 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 we live in an illusion. And the illusion is all based on the fact that we have certain certain uh, uh, senses, and we have five outer senses, and those five outer senses are what paints this illusion for us. And, and so, you know, we have inner senses too, but we're not able to use those very well, like telepathy and such like that. Uh, we have all of those inner senses, but they're so buried uh, that, you know, we'd have to really train ourselves to, uh, you know, to do that. So most people don't until, until they get to a certain, certain period in their evolution 
and but you know it's funny you know you think about it you think well you know you die you know you don't have any eyes you don't have a nose you don't you know how do you how do you interface with things well you use your inner senses all of a sudden you got them all so many stories of blind people who've had near-death experiences and they can see right deaf can hear celestial music and things so we are so much more. David, I wanted to ask you about your new book. Congratulations on it. Thank you. Coming out. Talk to you about that. Maybe you can uh, share what's in it and, you know, and how we can find out about you. I know your website, you know, got some recordings of your radio show on there. Indeed. Uh, Our Eternal Existence, my new book, okay. is, uh, is, is basically it answers three questions. Who am I? Where am I? And why am I here? And, and so I go through and, and I try to put metaphysics in, in, in a context where things fit together. And so many, you know, I've, I've, I spent my life trying to put all the pieces together and, and I finally was able to do that. And, and so I thought, well, I ought to share that with, with people. And, and that's really what it's about. But what it does is it shows you, it shows you that you you know, responsibility is key, personal responsibility. You are responsible for your life and you can change your life and you can control your dreams. Understanding your dreams is a very difficult task, but controlling them is not that hard. If you focus on what you want, uh, your inner self will solve your problems during your dreams. It's, it's, the experience is equal to, to the physical experiences. They're really the same because it's all, it's all psychological. So, so, you know, that's what I tried to do. I tried to paint it uh, a picture so that people could understand it. There's an awful lot in the book, but, you know, for the novice, you know, read it slow. And, uh, you know, and I just had a guy gave me a review uh, a few days ago and he said, Says I just finished the book. It's the best book I ever read. Now I'm going to start all over again, and and because there's a lot in it, and and there's a lot in it uh, because I I thought I'd share as much as I possibly could. But our eternal existence is uh, I think I think uh, your uh, your readers will really enjoy it. I think it helps you understand what goes on in death, and that death is really nothing to fear. Matter of fact. Uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a lot easier being dying than it is living. This is one of the most difficult places you could ever imagine. And we chose this, this, uh, earth and this life because we're, we're the, we're crusaders, we're courageous crusaders. And, and we can, we think that if you do this right, you can take a shortcut in your evolution. You can learn so much, but. A lot of times that's, uh, you don't want to do that because, you know, you get, that's what the angels, angels do exist, but angels are the ones that say, not sure I want to put, dip my toe in that water. Uh, let me, let me just hang around and help people, but you know, I'm not ready to go in full, full steam ahead. Uh, but we have, and if you're here, you have done that. You have chosen to, to take this very difficult, uh, journey and you're doing great. And no matter what happens, you'll be fine. And so everybody else and these people that, you know, your loved ones, you'll be working with them through eternity. We, they don't go anywhere. They just, they step away for a little while, but they're right here. They can see us. We can't see them, but they can see us. And, and, uh, and they'll, uh, you know, and, and, and if you go to a medium, they'll offer you advice. 
they'll 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 help you and you know it's uh, it's amazing so my book tells you a, a lot about those uh, that type of thing and and uh, i think it's uh, i think it's uh, it's a good uh, it's a good read for people that are interested in this subject if you're not interested and you don't want to pay any attention to it and you're happy with your your life you know that's fine but i think most of us or an awful lot of us are looking for some answers of what's going on what are we doing you know, the people that listen to your show, they're looking for answers. Sounds yeah. to me like it's a handbook for living. Like he said he read it and he wants to go back through it again. Yeah. Again and again. And the more we grow, the more we age, the more we learn, you read something again. And it's like you read it for the first time. There'll be something new for your life. I'd you, like to you, ask you get, you get something different. What yeah. people can find at your website, davidgagan.com. Yeah, you can buy the book um, at my website. And uh, you can uh, actually you can see uh, all my old radio shows. I have uh, I, I did the radio for uh, two years live Friday mornings, and uh, and that was uh, that was fun. And I have all my old shows uh, on there. And uh, you'll probably recognize uh, you know the names of some of my uh, some of my guests. Uh, it was an interesting show. It was very awakening to me. Uh, you know, I learned a lot from my guests. And, uh, and, and, and then you can, uh, you can buy the book from, uh, either, both books. Um, if you're just getting started, you might want to start with the endless journey. Uh, if you're heavily into it, dive into this, our, our, our eternal existence. Um, but that's, uh, those are the best places to, uh, you know, to find it there and it'll be in your local stores and Amazon. You can get it, and, you know, Barnes and Nobles and whatever. Do you have any last thoughts? Last words of empowerment for our listener or our viewer before we depart, go our separate ways today. I, I would just, I would just say to the listeners that you you are far more in control of what's going on in your life than you can possibly imagine. And if you want to change your life, you have the capability to do it. And and life is difficult. You chose it. We all chose it. But it's all going to work out best in the end. And the problems that we have are simply things that, that we have chosen, experiences we've chosen that we want to learn from and grow from. And that's really what life is all about. And you can do it. You are totally in control. Uh, you just have to accept that and go with it. Well, David, thank you so much for being our guest today. Well, thank you for having me, Sandra. I really enjoyed it. Me too. And I'm sure our listeners and viewers did as well. And for anybody who's with, with us right now, remember, you can check out David's books, his first book, The Endless Journey, and his brand new book, Our Eternal Existence, A Metaphysical Perspective of Reality. And you go to his website, which is davidgagan.com. So from me, Sandra Champlain, I'm always thrilled to bring you wonderful, wonderful guests and have these engaging conversations. Follow what you're passionate about. We talk about so many different subjects, all tied in with your greater reality, the reality of the afterlife, but take one and run with it. You know, remember, you are a powerful soul having this human experience. Live life from the driver's seat, whether or not 
things that happen to you are your fault or they're not. When we sit in that driver's seat of responsibility, it certainly is empowering. You are much greater than you know. Your life is for a purpose. You're a fun, divine, wonderful soul. You're one of a kind. Let your own light shine. So in closing, my name is Sandra Champlain, and I'm always so delighted to be your host on We Don't Die Radio. I do believe that life is an education for the soul and your life here on earth is important. Thank you for listening or for watching, and we'll see you again soon.